For too many years, families of children with devastating illnesses have felt helpless as they watched their child suffer. Today, they're taking matters into their own hands and finally finding relief treating their child with cannabis. This is One Family's Story. Welcome to another episode of Love and Cannabis. I am Nina Simmons. And I am Osiris Stephan. And we are the proud parents of Aiden Stephan. Hey, everybody. Hello. How's it going out there? Hope everyone's doing well in the midst of everything going on. Yes, this is our 20th episode of Love and Cannabis. Thanks for tuning in. So, are you going to jump right in? Yeah, why not? Okay, what do you have to say? Ah, Just want to hope that everyone out there is doing (laughs) well, everyone's safe and healthy, and uh, don't lose your mind while you're out there. Just stay calm. We'll we'll make it through. <laughs> yeah, with this pandemic going on. Oh my God! Uh, you never thought you'd be in an experience like this in your lifetime. Mm-hmm. You read about it in history, you know, through all the epidemics of you know Spanish flu. You had the what was it uh, in Africa? They had their um, oh virus, Ebola. Uh, that was, was really scary. Yeah. So, but they were isolated. Now you're talking global, so it's a different world now. And you know what? I, I never thought that anything like you never think anything like this would happen. Well, I mean, no. You know what? Let's be real. How many movies have been about a virus getting out? How many oh, zombie imagine. movies? I mean, but you always that's a movie. Like for me, I don't equate movies with real life. I don't. Well, see, well, that's the funny thing. I do because they always seem to come out. It <laughs> always seem to come out of movies. Look at it now. I mean, think about it. It's been over what? 30, 40 movies on viruses, zombies, and all these things that are coming out. And lo and behold, here we're dealing with. I mean, there was a movie on uh, Netflix that was called Pandemic. And there was another one called Containment. There's another one called Contagion. You know, come on, an outbreak. Uh, Yeah, I guess they were giving us a sign. You know what? I'm not a movie person. I don't really watch movies like that. I've never been a movie buff. You know, I usually fall asleep through movies, so I guess I didn't get to, didn't get to It's funny, though. It's like, oh, does Hollywood know something that we don't? Yeah, I didn't get the message, the signal, <laughs> the warning. Yeah, no, it's like, it's really, really interesting times, though. But um, it's scary, but at the same time, it's uh, one of those things where it's like, let's just stay calm. We're going to get through this. We've gone through a lot as a country, and I think we can make it through this one as well. Yeah, it's a lot of stress. Um, a lot of anxiety going on. There's a lot of uncertainty. I think most importantly, a lot of uncertainty uh, and conflicts of information. Oh my God! Fake news. Is is it fake news or is fake reporting or it's just misinformation, misunderstanding? It's just things are just not adding up. And just but what I'm more concerned is that you get too much of it. You start to lose your mind. Not only you can't leave your home, but now you're tuning into this information. It's overwhelming. After a while, you start to lose it. I mean, luckily for us, we don't turn it on. We we rarely watch TV. If we do, we're watching a movie. We're not watching the news like that. So we're not getting over inundated about information overload. 
I mean, people are calling us. Hey, what's going on in New York? Uh, is this going on? I'm like, I was like, I, I wasn't aware. I've been watching the news. I just went for a walk. Or I went to the store to get some beer. You know, it's yeah. little thing. It's like I thought you guys were on lockdown. No, nah, there's people out in the streets right now. You know, so it's, it's yeah, interesting. It's, it's interesting. But what I think is that this is the only thing. Like, so I'm on, you know, on many group chats. You know, work group chat, a family group chat, a cousin group chat, group chat, and that's the main topic. Yeah. Everyone's just talking about this virus. Like, you're not talking about, I guess you have nothing else to talk about because you're locked down. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> but yeah, you're not true. talking about anything. Yeah, that's else. right. There's no sports. <laughs> There's no sports. You can't talk about your vacation because it's probably canceled. Yeah. You're not true. talking about work because you're not at work. So, you can't talk about your pension plan because that might not be around when you get yeah, out, when so, this is all said and done. It's so funny. All the group chats, everything is just the topic is just about this COVID, this coronavirus. So, it's a lot. It is. Uh, I think what was the craziest thing when this whole thing started unleashing, um, and they wanted mandate people to stay home. Not even mandate, but they were suggesting the idea, and they were like, you know what, stock up on toilet paper and paper towel. I thought it was a joke because I recall when we were having natural catastrophes, like when we had these um, Sandy, Sandy. It was all canned goods, canned goods and water, <laughs> and bottles of water and flashlights. When did toilet paper and paper towels and clockwise become like the nor- the first thing go to to get? Unless this virus is giving you diarrhea, maybe. It is. <laughs> yeah. Unless it was giving you diarrhea, <laughs> I don't see the need for you to stock up toilet paper. But now seeing that they're gonna have you stay in your home for days in at a time, yeah. Well, I guess you're gonna probably eat a lot and go to the bathroom a lot, so you're gonna need lots of toilet paper. And soap as well, and hand sanitizer. But it is it is amazing on how this is unfolded in so quickly. It just completely what January we were made aware of it, and look where we are now. In March, it's just been like a snowball, the uh, snowball of information. Because I'm still conflicted about the numbers, but that's another story. <laughs> that's another story. I'm not gonna get into it. Just leave it alone, uh, because that's not our purpose here. But what we were happy to do at the time was the, um, when this first started really unro- unfolding is that we were able to stock up and get our food, you know, get the things that we need, but also most importantly, get AIDS uh, medicine. Yes. That's one of the things yes. that we had to make sure because uh, our doctors were not available for the most part to even do our refills. So I had to keep calling. Yeah. You called. Um, we worked, luckily we worked with our pharmacist and they were able to refill it for us while we waited for them for the approval. Yeah. So, yeah. So we said, well, for us, we're like, forget the food and toilet paper. Let's talk about Aiden's meds, which includes his CBD. Yes. Which includes um, other medications that he's taking. So that, for us, is life. Yeah. We can we can compensate for other things, but he needs to have access to his CBD just in case um, things, sh- shipping, post yes. office closed down. We need to make sure we had at least a month of supply of his CBD. Yeah. Which we did. Yeah, we were, uh, we were very lucky because I... As of late, we've been using different types of brand to get the right synergy because it's just been so much inconsistency. But I do have to give a shout out to Justin and his people for sending us some CBD oil, as well as Oren for sending his CBD oil. Uh, uh, some are local, like Oren's local, so I was able to go see him because we're in New York. Justin's came from California. But the fact is, for some people, if you don't plan ahead and you come up short and it's not, you're not, you're not able to get to it, it's tough. Or get it shipped to you in time if you run out. Exactly. Or 
unfortunately, some people are being laid off. Uh, uh, Funds. Yeah, and CBD is not cheap. So, uh, you know, we spend almost close to $400 a month. Just on CBD oil. Just on CBD oil for Aiden. Yeah. And it looks like he's gotten a growth spurt, so now he's taking more. more so it's going to cost us more money. So, it's gonna, yeah, it's going to cost us more. The bigger Aiden gets, yeah. the more money we are going to spend on CBD. I think this week alone, between the, you and I, we've spent more money on his CBD oil than we did on food. Yep. Because I think I was about two fifty, and then you spent two fifty for his CBD oil. And hopefully, that will hold them until the end of the, March. The, yeah, so we want to stock up. But yeah, the CBD oil is not cheap, but worth it. I will. We we'll will stand spend, by. We will go without a sandwich we'll or two. Go, we'll go without the steak, <laughs> our steak and shrimp, or whatever. Just that's like first. Yeah, first before before bills like that is you know that's his. Life. It's not negotiable in that sense yeah. for us to make sure that he is healthy and that he's well doing. And he's ha- yeah, and you know, it's crazy. Um, he had, what, a couple months ago, he had the rhinovirus, correct? The flu. It was a flu. It was yeah. a flu. It was a he had flu. influenza AA. Yeah. <laughs> and this kid, I mean, you know, the blowing the nose, the snots, everything else, we stayed on top of him. I think we didn't sleep that whole week because mm-hmm. we took turns in taking care of him. Even through the middle of the night, the rubbing of the fixes on the feet, the chest, uh, having the humidifier on, uh, the warm bath, bring his temperature down, all those things, clearing out his congestion, you know, making sure he gets lots of fluids, all those things like round the clock. And he was able to overcome it in what, like in a week? Yeah. In a week. And they said, you know, they wanted to give him Tamiflu. It was like, no, we got this. Yeah, because we knew he's on CBD. Yeah. We kept him hydrated. We gave our, you know, the natural remedies, elderberry. Oh, yeah. Vitamins, vitamins every morning. The kids zinc. help you. Yeah. So he was okay. We were blessed yeah. in that sense. Yeah, because he had that good foundation. I mean, we made sure the kid doesn't drink milk. He doesn't drink juice. He doesn't drink soda. It's just water. Yeah, he, I never met a kid like this. He refuses to drink juice. He hates he refuses. it. Refuses. I'm like, he I don't understand. Soda. Like, I'm like, take a little orange juice. No, I drink water. Yeah, I'm right. Like, okay. <laughs> well, but there was a time he did. He he used to sip on my energy drinks. He would sip on a Red Bull, sugar free. But then now what? it's like, yeah, he did sip on it. But now he totally turned off. <laughs> he doesn't like anything carbonated. And I really don't like anything carbonated. So he's just strictly the water. So you know, you gotta bless that kid. He's He's a trooper, and um, for what we had to do to get make sure that he had everything he needed, it was just um, like, okay, here is the strategic plan. We get we spend this amount of money on his products and uh, get this done today. Put the order in. It's like when we anticipated what was going to come down, we wanted to get ahead of it, and which it which it worked out. It worked out. But what's fortunate is that we had people also. Supporting us in getting, making sure that we got it in time. Yeah. So, yeah. So, folks out there, CBD was on our list, not toilet paper. So, we wanted to to, uh, give you an update on Aiden. In the last episode, we uh, told you we were doing a method where we were putting the CBD on his feet. Yeah. That was working. And that was working. And to go back, not to interrupt you, but to go back, the reason why was that he was having these grand malls. The grand malls had come and came back basically while he slept. And the the difference with these grand malls was normally he'd be locked up and, you know, shake. But now it was just 
his whole head would turn, his body would go contoured, and then he would go into the seizure. So that was different. It was something that we were not mm -hmm. accustomed to seeing. So it was a new uh, seizure activity um, we haven't experienced. And when a person's in a seizure, you can't put anything in their mouth, per se. So what we ended up doing was just rubbing on the bottom of his feet, the CBD oil. And then that stopped it like a few seconds afterwards. It stopped. So we're like, okay. But then we had to come up with the game plan of, well, we need to get ahead of it. Yeah, we want to prevent this. So we started, you can explain more, of putting it on his gums. Well, not even so much putting it on his gums, but the timeline. Because he goes to bed at 7.30. The seizures activity would tend to be around, what was it? Between 3 a.m., right? Yeah, it was about 3, 3 a.m. Yeah, between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. Yeah, anytime between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., he would have a grand mall. Yeah, we call that the witching hour. Yeah. A lot of seizure parents know what we're talking about. This is when most seizures occur between like 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. Yeah, which kind of throws your sleeping pattern off. Yeah, so you're, you're going to be it's a rough. wreck. It's rough. Yeah. <laughs> so since he sleeps with me so I can keep an eye on him, uh, I would basically get up around 2 a.m. I would set my clock around 2 a.m. It's either one of two things. Either I stay up until 2 a.m. or I go to bed with him at the same time and wake up at 2 a.m. to rub it on his feet. Recently, um, it worked. It worked for a time being, but it worked for about an hour or two. Yeah, it wasn't. It's not long lasting. It wasn't long lasting, so it didn't. It didn't help in that sense. It helped for that time period, but then around six a.m. when he's getting up, he'll have he'll have a seizure for the morning. It may not have anything else until later on in the afternoon, but the mornings were kind of like you know that peak time where it would happen. Recently, we were able to get um, what is it the. Uh, a concentrated paste. Yes. paste. Yes, a paste. So it's concentrated. It doesn't it, have any oil. No, no oil. Strictly CBD. Um, it's not an isolate. It's definitely it's full spectrum. Uh, it reminds me of the uh, Rick Simpson oil. So it looks just like that dark paste inside yeah. of a syringe. And what I ended up doing after receiving it is putting it right in between his gums and his lip, his inner lip. And I would rub it there when he goes to bed. And it worked. He didn't have a seizure until 6 a.m. So he wasn't having it around 3 a.m. like that timeline yeah. before him. He didn't have it until later. So I realized, okay, it was wearing off. So then now we're trying to do it around 3, right? Yeah, 3 o'clock in the morning. So it's a, I guess it would be a 8, well, no, it would be a 10 p.m. at night, 10, 11 p.m. at night, and then again at 3 a.m. So it would basically last until 6 a.m. where he's fine until he gets his regular routine uh, morning doses of, you know, his medication, his water, and his, you know, just to get the day started because he gets up at 6, even though the rest of us are not up at 6. <laughs> well, now he's not since we're on remote. <laughs> since yeah. he's not going to school. Well, no, he still gets up at 6. He just stays in bed. Oh, he does? Okay. Yeah. He looks for my phone. Mm -hmm. I, I literally just hand it to him. I'm like, give me, give me another half an hour, hour. Here, here's my phone. Sit up. He'll lay literally next to me starting from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. until he decides he wants to walk off and go do something else. But he'll lay there in bed 6 a.m. on the phone while I'm passed out because, you know, you when you're not sleeping through the night, you're getting up in the middle of the night to do this routine of putting CBD oil, uh, the CBD paste in between his gums. It, it takes time. And there's moments where he'll bite me because he's going to fight because, you know, he's, ha he's asleep. Yeah. And then you're trying to force this um, right into his gum. So it's a challenge in that. But glad that it's working. So let's talk about that. So 
there's different ways you can absorb CBD into your system, mm-hmm. and what we, what the what Osiris is doing by putting it between his gums and his and his lip, is that we're getting into the what you call the uh, submucosal layer. Mm-hmm. So basically, from there, it'll go straight into his bloodstream. Yeah, it's no different than right under his tongue, the sublingual. Sub, yeah, Similar. exactly. So basically, so you're not swallowing it. Yeah, you're getting a full. So it. It absorbs to the bloodstream quicker. Yeah, and it's not, a lot of it's not getting wasted because when you swallow something, it then has to fight the acid in your stomach. And then they say you only get listen, and, and your you body like exactly. seven to eight percent exactly, and your body's not really absorbing all the CBD. You're absorbing a whole lot of oil exactly. But mm. if you put it under your tongue or in you know in your mouth per se, yeah, and in, in that membrane, then you're getting it. Yeah, most that. of it. You get a majority of it there. Yeah. So that's one of the things that I started working with Aiden is not to swallow immediately. So I would put on because when we had the other tinctures where it didn't require as much, I would put it under his tongue and I told him to hold it. I mean, with kids, that's a working. That's very hard. Yeah, especially with kids. They really want a good thirty seconds, and that's hard. It's hard to hold it under your tongue for a little kid, especially for kids. Yeah, you're you're quick to swallow, especially if you're not okay with the taste. But Aiden's been on CBD oil for about four and a half years now. Because two and a half years old, he's seven now. So wow. yeah. five, five and a half years now. Yeah, he's been on CBD. Yeah, and wow. he's had his medical card for about three and a half. Wow, I never think about it. Yeah, he's been on CBD. He's a CBD, CBD kid. Yeah, yeah, he's a poster child. <laughs> he's yeah. definitely a poster child. Oh my and God. we've gone through about seven or eight brands, if not more. Yeah, so that's forthcoming. We're going to probably do a website and kind of give you guys our top brands and you guys can, yeah eventually yeah, we work yeah, on that because see what you, we use and there's certain brands that we stopped using not because they were not good brands they were crap no they weren't they weren't was, crap. they were okay all right all they right. weren't crap no, no i can't one? say i'm not gonna say but i'm not here to mention <laughs> brands but there were some brands that were great but for a reason they didn't they didn't work oh, for okay. Aiden. Yeah, yeah okay yeah. okay there was okay, yeah they, all right i got you so yeah they turned into crap let me just say that because they wanted to save a buck there, no, there was one in particular where they changed the complete. Yeah, anime. that's what I said. In that sense, that's when I turned to crap because no, they're not crap. They're just they didn't work for Aiden because he was allergic to the ingredients. So other kids, it may work for, well, but he, it didn't work for Aiden. Okay, it didn't and work I, for Aiden. I feel like he's working for other people. So well, yes, it could be working for other yeah. people, but we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. It may so, work for other people, but. Again, Aiden is a special case. He has a yeah. different type of seizure. So. so, like, there are some brands that are great out there, but it just didn't work. It just didn't work for Aiden, and I know they're working for other people. Okay. Yeah. Um, fair enough. Fair enough. So, um, we we are putting. So that's the update with him. We're doing the CBD on his gums, and he's doing great. Um, we're doing the homeschooling with him. That's another story in itself. Another story. Well, I mean, do you think about it? we had thoughts of ideas of homeschooling so we i guess we're getting thrusted right into that to see how that works so far i mean it's still early i mean the jury's still out in the sense that if that's something we want to continue um but you would definitely for people who are trying to do this you would have to be organized you would have to have a certain structure already implemented in your home and how you run things because it's a challenge it is a challenge especially when you have your own routine and you have your own way of doing things, but at the same time when you're involving your child and your partner, and it's like, okay, so these are the things that I want to do. These are the things I want to implement. This is how I see it happening. If you don't, if you're accustomed to getting up in the morning, get the child dressed, and send them off to school and let them handle it, 
It's a little different when now it's your home, you're getting up, you're making breakfast, you're scheduling the day, you're, you're, you're having everybody doing their part. It's different. Yeah, it's very especially different. If you, especially if your job is having you work remotely. Yeah, so like, so it's, it's pretty stressful um, trying to change. You, you went from this whole routine that you were accustomed to to now staying at home, not really able to go out, not doing any social activities. So the stress is on. And now you have to now homeschool your child and work from home. Yeah, two different things. <laughs> so it's a lot of stress. And um, people are going to need some ways to relieve their stress. I, I mean, I think st- stress comes from the adjustment. And then there's the cabin fever. So there's, there's a lot of things that are going on because you're trying to juggle. It reminds me of that commercial where the guy was doing a, what is it, a teleconference. And he's at his desk and his kids are running in the background. <laughs> mm-hmm. And say, Daddy, what are you doing? Are you working? And they look into the camera. And so it's it's the same thing because now you you have to find a quiet place in your home and turn that into your little office to where you can get things done. But if you have kids less than 10 years old. And you have multiple kids, a lot of kids. They well. want that attention. They're going to come look for you because now they're not accustomed to have mommy or daddy home at the same time. Now it's a party. So they're going to want to be around you. Gonna want, and you're going to want that. I, there's, it's, there's a juggling act, really, that's going on in how to figure out how to make it work, which transitions into being very stressful because part of you wants to be with your child and play with them and, you know, help them with something. But at the same time, the other part of you is like, hey, I have to do my job. You know, it doesn't end here. We got bills to worry about. We got other things. So I can't stop. And it, it does create stress. Um, and between you and the partner, if you both work and now you're both home, well, who gets to work and who doesn't? Are you guys working in shifts? Does the job allow you to where, all right, I'll get the first half of the morning and then you get the rest of the day? Yeah. And I think also it's like being at home with your partner, that is going to be rough. Seven oh, yes. days a week. It's not You're not accustomed to that. Like oh, Sometimes yeah. your partner doesn't get home until late, so you're really just spending... A couple of hours with them, if that during yeah. the day, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Cyrus doesn't get home until seven, seven thirty, and I'm usually by nine o'clock. I'm done. So what is that really? An hour or two a day that we spend with him during the week. Yeah. So now all day. That's huge. That's that's a lot. It's a lot because now it's like okay. So <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a lot. And like you know, it's scary because I know domestic and child abuse rates are gonna go. Um, during this time well that's the funny that you mentioned that is that i have a friend who's a cop he says usually when it comes to a situation like this the numbers do go up because there's so many factors because you may have a parent who may not be working because of this Mm -hmm. and then you have another parent who may not be able to deal with the fact that they're you know contained and can't do much and then there's no income coming in and then you have children who need attention, or you may have a child with some sort of disability that requires attention um, that you're not prepared to do, and you have no other uh, alternative to get support. It's not like mom and dad could come and visit you because you know they're on quarantine if you live alone with your partner. So, and then if you're a single parent, that's another issue in itself. Now you're alone. Yeah, and the school does provide that support. You know, the after school programs, before programs. And now you're just with your kid, and you may have to still go to work or work from home and still a demanding job. 
So before, I just wanted to talk to you guys. So even before this um, coronavirus, um, the coronavirus uh, quarantine actually may be like almost a blessing for me because it is giving me time to reflect um, and sometimes I kind of sleep in a little bit and I have to hustle to social gatherings, family events. Mm-hmm. And like before this, I was going through a lot of stress. Like I was at my breaking point between working, dealing with aid and seizures, uh, personal stress, relationship stress, yeah, having to run from... From the speech therapy to this therapy to yeah, one homework, session to the next session, yeah. Um, hustling at work, um, and I also I also deal with special needs kids. So I work with kindergartners on the autism spectrum. Mm. So I have twenty two kindergartners that I work with, and they all have um, autism, and I love them, but they're all different, but they all drive me crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and they all a handful. Then to come home to deal with Aiden with his own medical needs and his own behavior needs. Yeah. So it's been it was it's been a lot for me personally, and there were times where I did feel like I cannot go on like this. Like not that I want to commit suicide. I wasn't suicide, but I I just would text him like I can't li- this is I can't just live like this. Like something has to change. Like I can't live this way. It's just it's too hard. I wake up physically exhausted. Even on the weekends, it just feels like it's not enough sleep in the world that could contain the way I was feeling. Um, I wasn't really taking care of myself before this. Um, but I think during this time, I may have some more time to reflect um, in terms of what I need to do for myself. I did, um, things got really bad that I did seek um help from Aiden's cannabis cannabis doctor mm-hmm. and I let her know what was going on and how I felt like I couldn't go on and things were getting really hard for me and I asked her maybe if I can get a medical marijuana card and that she could specifically prescribe me with a strand of cannabis that would help with my depression and maybe give me some vigor for life mm-hmm. um and I let her know everything was going on and she was uh, pretty responsive. She called. We had a chat. And she said she does deal with a lot of special need parents, moms, dads. And she does know you know, what we're dealing with and how stressful it can get. And she does deal with them. But however, she did want me to see a psychologist and kind of for her to work jointly with a psychologist. Because she did say the cannabis would be putting a Band-Aid on it. It's different than when it is for seizures, where it's actually healing the brain mm-hmm. of the neurological issue. But when you're dealing with depression or PTSD, you really have to get to the root cause. Yeah. Instead of um, instead of uh, using the cannabis to make you feel good, but when you're it's not, temporary. when you're not, it's temporary. Yeah, yeah. It's not getting down to the. It's you're just treating the, symptoms. You're not treating the cause. Yeah. The cause. Okay. So gotcha. she did want me to work with psychology, and the psychologist thinks that is really bad. Then she will work with psychologist to prescribe me with a certain cannabis strand. So that you know, to, if it gets to a point where I can't do any of my daily routines at work or care for Aiden, but she did help me with that. So then I'll be starting teletherapy with a psychologist. To give me someone to talk to and to come up with coping strategies mm-hmm. on how to deal with 
um, a lot of this personal relationship and all the stress that I'm I'm going under. So that's that's just to let you know that you know it's okay. Like if you're a special needs parent, like it's hard. You know, it's not easy. Yeah. And the day to day can get really exhausting, especially if you have to work. And then it's you know living in New York is always a financial issue where you're just stressed over that. And um, you're on top of each other, so. Yeah, there's no space to breathe. Um, but the other part was that as a partner, it's kind of hard, especially men. We we would like to solve problems. We're not one to waddle on things for too long. It's like, hey, okay, what do you need? You know, how how we can solve this problem? And that's always been my attitude. Is like, okay, you're going through something. I see. It, I want to try to make your life a little easier. I will help you out as much as I can within my power. What do you need? You know, just tell me what the problem is. I'll solve it. And uh, if it's, again, within reason, you try to solve it. But my challenge was that a lot of the stuff was in her head. So I could not get in her head. So I could not see what the issues were that she was having. But she knew it was real. So what am, who am I to say it's not there? And so I found it challenging in trying to help or even cope with it. So the only thing I could do was like ease your, try to ease you, um, your situation by either allowing you to sleep longer. If you need to sleep longer, I'll take care of Aiden. I'll take care of the day. I'll do the cooking, cleaning, whatever it is to give you that breathing room. Mm-hmm. But it was going on every day, every day. So it's like, okay, I don't know when that, mm-hmm. you know, when is the day that, you know, this is going <laughs> to stop. It's like, okay, I don't think it's going to stop. Because every day you would like text me about what's going on. I'm like, is it that serious? Is it really that serious? And I couldn't understand. I'm like, I'm with you every day. I'm in the house. I see what we're dealing with. But I'm like, there's people who have it far worse than us. And that's always been my thing. That's always been my pushback in a way. It's like saying, there are people out there far worse than us. Like, is it really that serious? But I can't judge because I'm not in your head. Because whatever it is that you're going through in your mind, in your in your being, you feel it's real. You know it's real. So it's for me, it's like kind of hard as a partner. Like, how do I help or do I don't help? Or do I just let you try to figure it out on your own? Or you do you get help on your own? And that's the challenge. So I find myself uh, to coping with my stress. It's either, you know, every now and then I'll drop some CBD or I'll get a gummy or some edible. Or something just say, okay, just stay calm. You know, you don't have to solve everything. You know, you got, you know, as a guy, you got to let it go sometimes that you're not going to be able to solve all the problems in the world. So even within your family, because, you know, you take that sense of pride to saying, you know, this is my family. I got to do what I got to do to protect it um, and support in any way I can. So whatever it takes, whatever you need to do, I'm here. I'm always been support you in any way, shape or form. Um, whatever, whatever it takes, you know, really is whatever it takes, because that's part of marriage, too. You got to support one another. It's not somebody, you know, every man to themselves. Mm-hmm. That's what happens only in divorce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then you see what people really like. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I guess certain things you can't always feel like you're going to be able to, to solve. Mm-hmm. And I think for you, you don't really understand it's how could I? I'm not in yeah, your head. Exactly. So you can't. So you can't fault me on that because the only thing I do understand is I want to solve a problem. You have a problem. Listen. That's why I always gave suggestions. That's why I always gave ideas. 
But so it's not about solving because it's ongoing. Yeah, exactly. But I'm not aware of that because for me, I can't allow things to be ongoing because I know there's another day coming. There's something else gonna come up. I gotta end this yeah. now so I can move on to the next yeah, thing. That's how I look at it. Yeah. No. But I can't apply that to you. you know, life is ongoing, so life is on. Un- it's always gonna be problems. It's not gonna stop. Yeah. See, that's true. But mm-hmm. from on my end, that there's always going to be a different problem. So I have to get rid of this problem so I can make room for the next one that may arrive. That's how I look at it. See, yeah, I look at life differently. Like, there's always problems every single day. Yeah. There's always going to be a new, like, now we're dealing with this. And tomorrow we're dealing with this. So it's ongoing. Problems are ongoing. Yeah. Agreed. So it's not like, okay, you solve this problem, oh, you're done. No, another problem's going to pop up. Yeah, something else. You so know? it's just a matter of being able to deal with problems in general. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, and a coping mechanism. like The coping mechanism is very important. With his, Aiden's situation with his needs, Aiden's situation with the seizures are, are ongoing. They're not changing. And that's part of it. So it's like, as long as Aiden's seizures are there, I'm always going to have a stress. And I'm always going to have this sadness that I hold. Yeah, okay, I got that. You but there's something I'm doing with Aiden that you may or may not be aware mm-hmm. of. But when he does have a seizure, I try to have him to, how do I say, not so much to sidestep it, but to override it in a way where he doesn't pay too much attention to it, where he's not fixated or focused on it. You know, when he has a seizure, he cries, he gets upset. There are moments when he holds on to it, uh, he keeps going on and on. It's like, hey, it's over. You good? You all right? He's like, yeah. So I'll try to have him distracted. Like today. I took him to the park. I took him to the park. He was riding his scooter. And I'm watching him. He had his helmet on. He's riding his scooter. And I noticed that he had like a quick seizure, like a quick jerk. He dropped the scooter, but he almost fell, but he kept his balance. And he stood up straight and looked at me. I said, you had a seizure? He goes, yeah. You okay? Yeah. All right. Pick up your scooter. Let's go. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was like trying to have him rewire his brain and saying, okay, it's over Let's go. And he rode a scooter as if nothing happened. Mm-hmm. And there are instances. I'm not saying that happens all the time. But there are instances where I see him do that. He's at seven. Seven years old. And he's starting to be able to do those things. There's moments when we're sitting down reading a book. He'll have a couple of seizures here and there. He'll whine. And I was like, you're, you're all right? He's like, yeah, no. I was like, good. I appreciate you being honest. Let's get back to reading. Just to see what he does. And he'll go back to reading. He would literally start to read. I'm like, wow. But I don't want to show him that I want to hug him or hold him and say it's going to be all right. I'm just like, keep my posture straight and keep him straight. And he's like, oh, okay, daddy wants me to be strong. So I'm going to be strong. And, and he is. But the thing is, this his strength is my strength. Mm-hmm. It's not the other way around. I look to his strength to keep me strong because there's moments I want to do break down. I do want to cry. I feel for him. But at the same time, I don't want him to feel where he's defeated. I don't want him to feel weak. I don't want him to think that, you know, woe is me. I don't want no, him to feel like a victim not. in a way. And that he's going to use his seizures as a crutch. And, I mean, seizures are severe. But I want to see if he can overpower what he's experiencing. Which is challenging. I mean, you think about it. We're talking about a seven-year-old. But we can't equate it to an adult. Especially things that keep coming because for him, he's just a kid. For an adult, you have all these other things that are coming at you. And that it's not just, you know, a child disease. It's like work. It's, you know, travel. It's 
the everyday life of a relationship or just dealing with other people, dealing with family, all those things that come at you. And, you know, the different things that you experience. I mean, you see some sad things on a daily basis because not only do you work at a school, but you also work at a hospital. So you've seen, you know, the best and the worst. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, and so, so you, so yes. Yeah, so do you personalize a lot of this stuff? Do you feel of you personalize it? Of okay. course, yeah. I mean, if you're seeing mostly sadness in your most of days, mm-hmm. I mean, what do what else do you think life is? Mm, true. <laughs> so just only so there's two avenues you could look at. You could either become desensitized to it, or you could be oversensitized to it. Exactly. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I, like I said, I have friends who are first responders and cops, and they they've seen a lot of things. And I'm like, what do you think? It was like, look, after a while, it's just become desensitized. So I'm like, jeez. They're just saying that. Well, no, no, literally, they said that if they don't, if they don't detach themselves from it, they would lose lose their mind. They're just, I I think people say that, but you're not, because it's already, it comes out other ways. You don't know if they're verbally abusive to their family. They're just telling you that. You don't know they're substance abusers. Mm -hmm. A lot of cops are substance abusers or, you know, people come up, have a facade for things. Mm -hmm. So you're saying genuinely they're human? Yeah, I'm saying that they're saying they're not. They're not. There's other ways. They may be smokers. Okay. They may be doing other things to get, you know. To cope, to get by. Yeah, absolutely. But then there are those who are desensitized to it because they see it so much. Because it would prevent them from doing their work. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. They, they, they get. They, you don't know their home life, unless you know their their home life and exactly what they're doing on a day to day. It could come off like they're desensitized, but what are they doing at home? Well, okay. Then you have people who are able to detach because they feel it's necessary to detach. So they're terrible bedside mannerisms. So maybe they are not. You know, approachable because they want to keep it at flag. They want to keep it straight. They don't want to get emotionally attached because of the type of work. So I can see that. So they may not be drug dependent, may not be cycles, but they do it as a necessity in order for them to be able to do their job. It requires because there are some dark things that do happen. There are things that uh, people do experience. That could weigh heavy on somebody who has a, a good spirit, a good energy, who is very sensitive, and who's every also empathetic as well. So I can see that with you. Um and having to come across that. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. You know, some people hold things in. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not the one to hold things in it, particularly I just cry or express it. Or some people Mm-hmm. hold things in and they explode at some point or they don't or they just bury it deep. yeah which is i actually don't know which is better but yeah well if you bury it it's it's not good either because again like it's like anything else it'll pop up somewhere in some other part of your life you know exactly uh, even years from now yeah yeah that's true it's true so any recommendations but you like you said, you're seeking help, and you're. Going and I'm to... starting to exercise again. I'm. I, want to make I love exercising. Exercising a priority for me, so at least that's a way of um, dealing with stress and you release endorphins. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you a question then. 
going back to a conversation we had some, uh, I think about a couple of years ago, where you said that, remember, because this is what we agreed upon, but you had brought up the idea that Aiden was going to be the complete focus, that everything was going to be circling around him, everything was going to be around him. And at that time, I did have some apprehensions about that, mm-hmm. that perspective, mm-hmm. because I felt that if we completely focus on him and neglect us as collectively as partners, as well as individuals, that there will be some ramifications. Mm-hmm. Looking back at it now, do you think, was that a right decision? I don't know. Okay, fair enough. Because for me, I looked at, I wanted to look at it that if we keep ourselves individually and collectively together in a sense of health, mental, physical, and emotional, that will transcend into keeping Aiden on that same track. Mm-hmm. You know, not to say that it wouldn't have, you know, worked either way, but it concerned me that we we start to forget about ourselves individually. I mean, that's what and then collectively, about. yeah. And I didn't. I was really and that concerned me. But I, you were you were very animated because uh, you won, and I'm like, okay, I'll support you. You felt so strong about like support you. Like let's let's just completely throw everything and supporting him and making sure he's well. And this is something that's worked. It's worked. He's has been healthy. He's mm-hmm. been been strong. But I'm just thinking, if we would have done it the other way around, would have worked the same way as well. Maybe. Okay. Just just wanted to put it out there. Just yeah. Ask. I guess because uh, reflecting, just like now, do we have time to reflect? Usually, they say you gotta take care of yourself first. Yes, and then, and then everything else falls in place. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly believe that because I can't take care of you or Aiden if I'm not healthy, mentally, physically, emotionally. If I'm not grounded, if I'm not at peace with myself or anything else, I can't do anything with you. I can't have conversations. I can't. Yeah. I I, I, mean, I can't give you a hundred percent. Exactly. That's why I'm not healthy. Yeah, and then I think yeah. You got to take care of your, I'm not saying getting hair done, nails done. I'm talking about like health, like eating healthy, exercising. Yeah, exercise. And that's what eat. I wasn't doing. Um, yeah, I was sleeping, concerned about that. Yeah. Sleeping. Yeah. Sleeping is a huge, like, we took this weekend to sleep. Yes. And I usually, because I'm so concerned about doing things with Aiden on the weekend, making sure he's getting his uh, reading, educational things, exercising, that I don't sleep on the weekends either. No, no. One day we got to talk about your your sleeping patterns. Yeah, and I sleep. That's another episode. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I I haven't been sleeping, and I think that kind of links to depression. And I think that's what made my main... Like, you mentioned that to me. You said, I think it's because you're sleep-deprived. You're sleep-deprived. That's why why you're depressed. Well, you look at it. Okay, so we live... To give people a perspective here, we live in a bedroom-and-a-half apartment. Our bedroom's in the back of the apartment. Nina sleeps in the living room, in the bed, in the living room, which is near the main street of our neighborhood. So we're on the floor for a walk up. So any activity that goes on in the streets, Nina hears it. There's no way around it. We're in the back, so we don't hear much of anything. So it's peaceful. But everything up front, I mean, from sirens, from people talking loudly, to fights, to fights, and not to <laughs> mention, not to mention, we're under. The four main trains in New York City, <laughs> the A, the B, the C, and the D trains run under us. So 
that's consistent. And you're talking about these are express trains, so we hear them. And so you're getting a lot of this. So the question is, is how much sleep are you really getting? I'm not getting okay, much sleep. sleep. And then it's so funny is that any seizure mom or dad knows that you really don't sleep because your body automatically wakes up around three o'clock during that witching hour. Yes. Because you anticipate a seizure. So I don't between three and six, I really don't get much sleep because I'm oh always like on, um, on edge. Yeah. He's gonna get up and have a seizure. Even though sometimes he may most of the time he may not. Yeah, he's asleep. But I'm I'm always on edge. So like I'm really not sleeping and I think that it is playing to it. Plays, I think it's, it's a lot. It is it's a lot. It's multifactorial. Yeah, and then then also it triggers bad nightmares for you too yeah. as well. It scares the hell out of me because I hear you screaming in the middle of the night. And I'm like, oh my god, now what? And Aiden's sleeping. I'm thinking, oh please don't wake him up. He is such a good sleep right now. And I was, but for uh, when he does have his seizures, I don't sleep either. So I'm not really sleeping that well because because of you, I'm on alert. It's horrible. It's a mess. Yeah, it's a it's a chain And that's why I think me and you slept. Like you slept most of the day today. I had to. Because you needed it. And yesterday... I'm not feeling well. Yeah. Because I'm not exercising. I'm, I'm, people, because your quarantine does not give you the right to eat everything in the house. I know. Quarantine snacks. Oh, my <laughs> God. You don't have to eat something every five to ten minutes That's out of boredom. That's what we were boredom. doing. I know. Don't do it. Because one or two things happen, is going to happen when people when this thing all settles... Quarantine 15, I called it. Yeah. It's not the freshman 15. It's the quarantine 15. Because you're going to gain anywhere 15 to 20 pounds by the time this is all said and done. So people are in the gym memberships. You know, you're going to be running and get get back in there. But definitely exercise when your house collectively with the kids, with your partner. Do some exercises. Do a routine or something because I can see it happening. Yeah. Because you have, supposedly you stocked up for this. I don't know why we stocked up anyway because the supermarkets are open. Yeah. So you stocked up with all these goodies or snacks or thinking or more food than usual, thinking that you're going to be home. Yes. And then you're home snacking and not you, good. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because when you were working constantly, you didn't shop as much. You didn't mm-hmm. have as much food. In the fr- now that you're home and you're stocked up, like the food's not moving that fast. <laughs> oh my God, let me start eating it. Uh, now I'm finding myself eating past 10 o'clock. And then you're not outside. Like, so you. Yeah, in the city, activity. You take the subway. That's the stairs. You walk. Maybe you walk a little bit to work, or you, you know, you walked on the weekends to the park or whatever. Or you walk to your activities. You're yeah. not doing that, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the quarantine can uh, do you in. So damned if you do, damned if you don't. But uh, just be mindful. Definitely be mindful of what you're doing and what you're putting into your body and in your mind. Oh my God, in your mind as well. So, I. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's so it's I laugh despite the fact that it, you know these are some interesting times and I, I feel sorry for those people who've lost their lives during this time but for the rest of us who are going through this definitely be mindful of the things you do who you're around and how you take care of yourself because uh, after everything's said um said and done you know your peace of mind is what's going to be the thing that keeps you grounded yeah, that's definitely mindfulness. It's yeah, big here. Yeah, because we're going into a new world after this. So, a complete different world after this is over. Yeah. So I think that's a wrap. Um, it's a wrap. We, we touched upon a lot of different things. Yeah. But um, we're going to be more consistent. Really? Uh, consistent? I mean, if you have kids, you understand. That we always think, we always can't get an episode in, but we are. Well, again, remember, you weren't sleeping that well. Mm-hmm. Aiden hasn't been, uh, you know, 
being cooperative because yeah. he's being a he's being a you know a seven year old who's going to give you challenges. He's going to want to do things his way. He's a Capricorn too as well, uh, and we had a lot of anxiety. I think because also we were having our conflicts too yes. in our communication. We were we did we we had ran out of our you know our stash. So they, got, <laughs> so they got stressful, so we had to restock. So we're, we're starting to be at a you know level playing field right now. But uh, it's um, it's a not a do or die, but I say it's like a a breaking point of understanding where we are because now we're forced to be together. So there is no outside interference in the sense like, well, I have to be at work. Well, I have to be here. I have to be there. Now we're like, okay, I am here. Now what? Yeah. Good luck, guys. Yeah, exactly. Good luck. <laughs> You know, interesting thing is we have a liquor store that's open about it's open almost every day and it's about three minute walk from us it's so funny that the mayor deemed liquor stores as essential not even just the liquor stores also dispensaries good dispensaries are also so, yeah, allowed to be open liquor stores are open so, so it's dispensaries yeah so that's great so I, I guess it's for healing and numbing so yeah oh well guys that's a wrap Yes, thank you guys for tuning in again, and um, stay healthy, uh, keep your family close, and uh, just be aware of your surroundings. All right, stay empowered. All right, guys. Bye. Thanks for tuning in another episode of Love and Cannabis. I'm Osiris Stephan. And I'm Nina Simmons. Be strong. And stay empowered. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your cannabis business podcast, The Talking Hedge, and newest member on Podcon X. So come on over and check out The Talking Hedge. We talk about business news, interviews, investments, events, all that stuff. So come nerd out with me over at The Talking Hedge. You can find me at thetalkinghedgepodcast.com or on all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out.